0: listening to the podcast To Be Single or Not To Be by Shanna Montana a podcast where we talk about the single life, dating, and relationships so you can make a decision at the end of each episode and decide to be single or not to be that is the final question
1: So, today's topic is why do we keep taking them back? And I wanted to talk about this topic for one reason and one reason only. And that reason it's because I am sick of it. I'm sick of it, y'all. I'm finding that I'm sick of a lot of these situations that I'm seeing in these relationship streets because people keep going back to toxicity. And in no way, shape, form, or fashion am I saying that as soon as somebody does something wrong, you need to run out the door, not give them a second chance, not give them the benefit of the doubt, none of those things. But I am saying, and we're going to dive into this, is that there are situations where you need to G.O., And so we're going to talk about what those things may look like when we know it's time to go and when we know it's time to go, why we won't go back to the situation or take them back. But before we get into the show, I want to introduce today's guest. And so we have three amazing ladies who are joining us. So up first, we have Miss Nikita. Tell the people who you are.
0: Hey, 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 Nikita Haney here, Uh, Black writer, author, and Black woman creative. Very excited to have this conversation.
1: Thank you. Up next, we have Miss Sarita. We are popping your cherry on the podcast. Tell the people who you are.
2: Oh man, let me give y'all a nice little colorful introduction. <laughs> I'm a free spirit who gets into a lot of trouble. I've had a colorful dating and marriage history, but I've landed into the hands of my piece to my carrot, who may look at me crazy often from the things and transparency that comes out of my mouth, but loves me anyways without. Judgment.
1: I love it. Yes. (laughs) This is why we have her on the show. (laughs) Last but certainly not least, we have Miss Courtney. Tell the people who you are. My name is Courtney, and the very essence of who I am is love. I produce
2: in love, I give in love, and I am learning to respond in love in the most chaotic situations. My titles are Licensed Master Social Worker. I provide counseling and psychotherapy services. I'm an author um, a writer
1: and a motivation speaker. I love it. Y'all so bomb. I'm so glad y'all decided to come on this little podcast, you know, but I want to get into just a nice little question. This is something new. I, uh, started this season asking everybody and in no certain order, just feel free to answer as we go. Um, I have a question on a scale of one to five, five being the best it has ever been in your life. How is your love life right now? Don't all go at once. <laughs> I, I'm sorry since I'm familiar with the question, and I'm going to stick with what I
2: said before. I'm at a five, but especially how I loved on myself this morning. Oh, oh The God. self-love game
1: is just real
2: top tier right now. So.
1: Yes, I love it. So, Rita, what about you? Um, And I love the angle she came from because yes.
2: she was like on myself. Yes. Right now, I'm going to say... I'm at a four right now. I am in a relationship. However, even if I was in this relationship for 25 years, I'd still give it a four because I feel like every day there is room for growth. Oh yeah. So I'm going to say about a four.
0: Love
1: it. And Nikita?
0: My love life. I am very in love with myself. So I say it's at a five right now. Um, I love that. So I am single and in love with Nikita and I wouldn't have it no other way because I'm always going to choose my piece over somebody else's chaos.
1: Okay. Are you single and ready to mingle? Are you ready? To- I am. Okay. Okay. You know, we always let the listeners know because you like, your face is going to be on the page. <laughs> somebody may come with <laughs> <No. laughs> Yeah. So now like, she open for mingling or not. <laughs> All right. So we are going to get to it guys, ladies. I'm sorry. So, what, you know, would you all say we live in a society where it is normalized for people to repeatedly take people back in toxic situations and see it through to the end, no matter what? Do you all think this is how we're moving in this society? Kind of like, yes or no. I want to gauge the room. Yes. Yes. I think it's kind of a mix of both. Okay. Tell us.
2: More. Um, so, I mean, if you if you go back... I actually think back in the day, okay. women really was like, I mean, it could be a whole nother family down the street mm. and she still was going to hold it down at that house. And she was mm. not going anywhere. She may have even gone as far as taking care of um, the outside kids. Mm-hmm. They was at the house. This day, I kind of think women are a little bit more like um, hell to the no. Okay. Um, it's a different level of acceptance okay. um, to, the, to this day. Um, but I think it's, again, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, it still is that category of women that's accepting, yeah. staying on the toxic. But I think there's a big chunk of women that are taking back their ownership and saying no.
1: Okay. Love that. Love that angle. What would you say, Nikita? Or did you go? You said, who said? I said
0: yes, but okay. um, I kind of echo some of Sarita's uh, sentiments as well. But I also just feel like for Black women specifically, that has been the narrative um, about sticking it through to the end. And I just think people have normalized that. But I believe this generation is definitely working to dismantle that whole idea of a woman having to struggle in order to gain the prize of love at the end.
1: Yes. Um, Suffering should not be a prerequisite for love at all. Courtney, what would you say? Yeah, I agree with both of these ladies. I think the
2: biggest thing is, though, that with the word toxic, it gets thrown around so much. And people Mm -hmm. think it's cute to be toxic. Mm -hmm. And so all we see on TikTok is like, my toxic trait is this. I like the new trend right now is, um, what is that trend? people want to date me until they know I'm um, this and they start putting all their toxic traits out. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. Not yeah. Cute. that's not yeah. cute. So I think we glorify being toxic, but I think that's the other piece of like what Sharita and Nikita said is like, but well, we're not staying in toxic relationships no more. We're not doing that. So I think it's like a a, a little bit of a catch-22. I think people need to separate themselves from wanting to be toxic.
1: Right, right. Especially Mm -hmm. at the big old age we are. I know we all 21 at heart, but you know, once you reach a certain (laughs) place, age and space, like being toxic is not cute. not even playing about it. So I agree with you ladies. So I want to ask this now, what has been your personal experience with these situations? And when I say these situations, what I mean is like, are you a serial, like take the man back type no matter what? Or are you like a love them and leave them? Like you got one strike with me and I'm out. How do you typically move?
2: Now, Shane, I'm going to start this off because this is funny. She even had me on this topic <laughs> because she know I'm the complete opposite of what this is all about. I, Because sometimes I have been even people have even like, you're such a man. No, it's just that. Listen, people need to remember this. These two words, time. Let's let's start with that word, one word. We only have one life to live. Yes. I was listening to some show. I think it was maybe Steve Harvey or DL. And this woman (laughs) called in and said, it took 25 years for my man to get right. What? When I say it took me back, you just wasted 25 of your good years. Yeah. And now he's just getting right. And is he he really right? right? Not. And I'm on this show show. So I'm gonna be transparent. And, and you said, um, I forgot, Nikita, you said something about peace. I was married for five years. And I, I do not speak anybody. I'm gonna tell you on this platform, I don't speak ab- about any of anybody specifically about my um, relationships. My child's father is amazing. Like he's a great father. But I'm gonna tell you, just because he's a great father doesn't mean he's the best for me. You know, I was young when I got married. Um, But that first night I moved out. And I slept in my own place, right? The piece that uh-huh. one night I changed my, it changed the trajectory of me never. Yeah. I may jump into stuff. Like, let's keep it real. I get into relationships. <laughs> but one thing my daughter would never, ever look back and be like, I've never seen any type of abuse. Yeah. I've never seen any type of, she's never seen anything crazy. Yeah. It's just like, yeah, yeah. My mom may, may date people. Yeah. She absolutely does. <laughs> <laughs> However, I'm not about to allow the time that I have on this earth to be um bombarded with um things that I know behavior-wise, this ain't gonna change. Right. Like they are. after a while, you can see that this is not going to change. Yeah. And I'm not gonna use up all my good years. And I've never had the mindset of I could never get somebody else. Yeah. Like yeah. my mind is always, it, it would never sit in that space. Right. And it's so the, the being. I'm, I'm not. Listen, it's not the end of the world if I have to start over. Yeah. And you know, but the, one the best thing I'm one. not going to do is sit in a toxic relationship that brings me down of the one life that I have to live.
1: Have you always been that way? Or was that something like as you got older, you became this woman? Or like, have you just like even when you think about when you first started dating, say when you were younger years, did you always kind of navigate things this way? Um, I think that maybe after the marriage, I okay. just kind of came
2: into my own Yeah, and just like, you know, and I'm gonna tell you, I, I'm real. I go to a holistic doctor. So we're real, like we in tune with some things that yeah. we talk about life and spirituality and all of that. And, um, just getting to know who I am. Like I said, I tell anybody you can get into something, but you can get out of it too.
1: You can't Do know that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's no cage around me. There's no, you know, and that's not to say I'm that tough where I haven't um, had my moment. So we're not going to put that narrative out. Like, I'm like this, this hard shell. But I also have to realize, like, dude, one, if
1: people keep that in their mind, you live once, once, once. You do not get a do over. And with that woman, you mentioned about the one who said it took him 25 years to get it right. I was like. Did he really get it right? You know, did, he at get that it right. point, did you just like kind of settle and say like, OK, well, this is the best it's going to get. So this is right for now. But I over- probably got too old and the stuff stopped <laughs> functioning and now he got he it. it right. There's so many layers to that getting it right because you're right. 25 years, your wants and needs have changed. He's changed. The same shit you wanted 25 years ago, you don't even want it now. So now you say he got it right. Did he really get it right or did you just let 25 years pass and you like, mm, well, this is the best it's going to get or shit, you ain't even got energy at this point to go and be looking mm. at something else. Mm. <laughs> you so far in the game. So I, I love the mindset you have and I hope that people can take a lot from that because I love that we are not in a cage. We are not stuck. We don't have to be here and that you can find peace and moving on. And so I would lean to you right now, Courtney, just from a clinical perspective, where do you think that, does it start like with childhood or where does that start where people get in this mindset of, you know, I can't leave because it means I'm losing or I can't leave because I put this time here or I cannot, whatever, like I cannot leave. People have that kind of stuck in their minds in some way. Where would you say that kind of begins? That's a really good question.
2: And I do think like, you know, our relationship with our family is our first encounters with relationships in general. And so they do teach us a lot. So yeah, for sure. Um, that pattern of behavior can come from our childhood. But I I also wonder if it also comes from like a series of felt relationships and just felt experiences in life too. So I think for each person, it, it'll be different. But yeah, I think that is a big thing. Like, okay, what were my relationships like? With my family, and when I failed, what happened? Or if I didn't meet the mark, what happened? How did others respond to me? So that could definitely play a part for sure.
1: And I think something else, and I'm about to lean to you in a second, Nikita. Something else that plays a role in, and I think sometimes it's just pure embarrassment, people mm-hmm. and shame that's attached to it. And I think that's a huge part. what I want to do with this platform is remove the shame from leaving a situation, no matter what your reason is, because, Mm -hmm. you know, people are so afraid that if you're in a relationship and then, you know, you got to tell your parents or family, whoever, that it's no longer working when sometimes said people are not even in a successful relationship. So why are you worried about them judging you? So it's like, it's so much shame attached where it's like, I'm just going to stay because for whatever the reason may be, I just don't want to tell them. I want to have a conversation. This is my third man in three years. I'm tired of bringing somebody new to Thanksgiving dinner. I'm tired of Mm -hmm. And also I'm tired of my family asking me when I'm going to get married, when I'm going to do this. And it's like, let me just, for how it quote unquote looks on the outside, let me just sit in this seat. And I think in some ways, um, I wouldn't say I've been guilty of it completely in regards to shame, but I've sat in that seat sometimes like, I'm just tired of starting over. Like, I don't want to know another Negro's favorite color ever again. And so it's like, <laughs> I've been guilty of sitting in <laughs> that seat like way too long. And like, you're, I think what you said, Sarita, sometimes you reach your own breaking point or a different level in life. And you're like, yeah, this is going to be the last time I'm about to do this. Like, I'm about to exist.
2: Go ahead. Let me add oh. to that. Let me add to that. Because so I think about like society teaches us, especially if you grew up in the church, you grow up, you go you get in a relationship, you have kids and you do something successful in life. And so we are taught like we're supposed to do this routine. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to be Mm -hmm. in line, and we're supposed to do it just like this. But no one is teaching people how to be in a healthy relationship. You're just saying, "Go get a man," or "Go get a woman." And so, something I had, like, I just wrote a blog post for myself about it. The question I had to ask myself, because after my last relationship, my therapist said, "Courtney, don't date for two years." And I was like, "Sis, you crazy? Because I'm about to get a man." What are you talking (laughs) about? What are you talking about? But it just so happened that I've been single for two years and it's been the best two years of my life. But the reality of it is I had to ask myself, do you just want a man or do you want something that's going to be fruitful and multiply? Because it's, it's easy to get in a relationship with anybody. That's something that's very easy to do. But how do you want your relationship to look like? Yeah. And so I think society needs to change the narrative of what it teaches about relationships. Yes. Because that piggybacks off like the, the shame and guilt that people experience when they don't have a successful one.
1: Right, right. I agree. And I love what you said. And I've talked to friends about this. And that's why I was so excited to get back to the show this season about what we're taught about relationships. Because when I think about growing up, what was I taught? We were taught go to school, go to college, don't have sex, don't get pregnant um and that was it it was nothing about like you should find a man you know you all should build a healthy relationship you know whether you're married or not you can have a healthy relationship the marriage choice is yours and that there are beautiful things that can come from it and this is how you navigate through it you're going to have highs you're going to have lows if it's bad you should leave but and I've even had my older sister tell me stories like later in life that when she was with her children's father it was a toxic situation that she ended up getting out of but she said to this day there were people in our family telling her like, that's a good man, girl, stay with him. And it was a toxic situation. And and because also she was young, she, you, You 21, 22, you think you're supposed to listen to what your parents telling you. They're telling you to stay. You really know you should go. So it's like no one has taught us how to show up and function in healthy and happy relationships, whether it be romantically, in friendships, all those things. And I think we are a generation of people who are now trying to teach the world, teach our children, and give the right examples that you don't have to stay there. But it definitely goes back to what you are taught growing up. And nobody ever, I cannot, I think... I don't remember everything from my childhood, but if I think from 18 and under, nobody ever set me down to have a conversation with me about what it looked like to be in a happy and healthy situation, ever. Even when, you know, you start dating and you bring a little boy home when you're 17, 18, he coming, hanging over in high school. Nobody ever asked me like, so... what that little nigga got going on? Like nobody, no, nobody was really asking questions. It was just like, y'all stay in this living room. Don't be trying to make no baby. That was it. And so it's like, you have to get past that. And, and I'm glad that we are having these kind of conversations. So I'm going to leave you, Nikita, because I think you grew up in the church, right? So would you say in that realm, you know, what you, where you kind of taught the same things that Courtney was mentioning?
0: Yes. And it was so, it's so interesting that Courtney mentioned the church because I love God. I really do. You know, that's my homeboy, but I also feel it had church has done a disservice to women, specifically black women and how we have been taught and socialized and kind of like indoctrinated into how we're supposed to function in our womanhood. And so like, when I think about, you know, the Bible talks about the Proverbs 31 woman, right? So like, that's the standard. But when I look at that, and I look through the Bible because I've read the Bible. There is nothing in the Bible other than, you know, a man has to submit himself to God in order for the woman to follow him. But there, it's always what the woman should be doing. Mm-hmm. And so then you try to shape and shift yourself into somebody that you're not. But then I feel like that's against God when God has created, you know, all four of us are unique and we're different. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then I feel like the church has taught women, like, in order for you to get love, essentially, you have to really shrink yourself mm-hmm. in ways that can really impact your, your self-esteem, your mental health. And, you know, and essentially men use, you know, the Bible to oppress women in ways that I don't feel that God has created us for that. Um, and when you talked about the shame, I actually um, did a program with a life coach for single women. And that is a lot of what we got to the root of a lot of how I have functioned in, relationships stem from how I was socialized in the church so you know me thinking okay if I stick it out with this nigga even though I know like this is going nowhere or he's not you know being purposeful I'm like well I have to be kind to him I don't want to you know be mean and all of that type of stuff but it's like no you can be kind and still honor the fact that this person is not for you okay you know what I'm saying like Jesus in the Bible and I hate to make it a biblical thing but God was very kind and selfless, but he used to turn up on folks too and remove himself from being in connection and community with people. And I think, you know, if the church did a better job at helping us understand, like, you can't, everybody is not for you Mm -hmm. and you don't have to stay in something that is not conducive to where God is trying to take you in your life. And so I just, I hope that in church, we start having more real conversations about that because you can be a Christian and still be like, I'm getting the hell up out of this situation. Right, right. Literally. And I had somebody <clears throat> on the show recently, it was a
1: man that said that the only reason that a person should ever leave a relationship is if they are being domestically abused, like physically. I said, well, it's a lot of other abuse out there other than somebody putting their hands on you. But this is a man that said, and he felt like a lot of men feel this way, that you should stay because we, we, Kind of touched on some of this about reasons women need to leave relationships, and he was like, basically, unless this man is hitting you, there's no reason to leave. Do y'all is that crazy to y'all, or is it just me? Well, like, well, I'm, I'm a, okay. a, well, at
0: least he ain't club. <laughs> a, well, at least he ain't hitting me. Uh, uh, ooh, well, at least ooh, he ain't ooh, ooh, cheating. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Well, at least he ain't. It, what? Yeah. It's a trap. It's a
2: trap. So I'm gonna mm-hmm. tell you right now. When I when I got divorced. The first thing the women in my family and a lot of outsiders asked was, well, is he hitting you? What? And I said, what? First, hell no, he ain't hitting me. (laughs) And they didn't understand why I was leaving. Yeah. They're like, you got this beautiful home. You got this beautiful child. He's a man of God. I mean, all of these things. They did not get it. And this is the scary thing. And it's funny. I'm happy you brought up that religious piece because religion is a form of bondage, which when we talk about going back to why behavior, it goes back to that church. Mm-hmm. And then if you do start to step outside of that, your family has a problem with it because they're still mentally in bondage. So they're going to start using religion to kind of try to reel you back in, yep. you know, start sending. I've had family members send me Bible verses. Um we're praying for you. And then good, you know, for those that have their grandmothers, my goodness, you know, they've been through a whole different generation of life. And right. you know, when we start talking about different things beyond uh the Bible or religion, you know, then we're very much ostracized. And it's like, who are you hanging with? Who are you, you know, so yeah. everything it's like that Bible belt. You know, it's like we're we're in a Bible belt. They just want to beat you with that Bible. Oh you wow. know. So it's
1: it's um we have a lot of work to do. We yeah, have a, a lot, lot of work, work to do A lot of work to do. And I think something else Nikita you pointed out one I loved. I had to write that down. The at least he ain't club. That's mm-hmm. Oh, that's that's one another thing I'm sick of. On that list I got the sick of at list. That's it. At least he ain't. Like that's what we have to stop. But something else you talked about um when we are have to shrink and minimize ourselves in certain situations and that makes me think about um a situation I was in many years ago. We can pretend like it was 20 years ago um, where I found that I one was dating the same man over and over. Cause I hadn't got to a space of knowing like what the issue was. So I dropped Bob, go pick up bill and they doing the same thing. It's just a new Negro with a new face. They doing the same thing. And I kept signing up for that. And what I realized when I finally got into a healthy situation was that I had conformed and transformed and mutated my relationship self, quote unquote, into this woman that was not even who I really was. So when I got to a healthy situation and this Negro is like, I really just want you to be Shayna. like just be exactly who you are, like the same girl you are with your friends and you with your family. I want that same person. And I'm like, I am the same person. And then when I was looking back, you know, out of a, a lot of therapy conversations and, and working through it, I realized, well, bitch, you have turned, <laughs> you are not the same person. You would literally have created this, this, this thing that you call yourself, but it really is this person that you have minimized and shrunk yourself into to show up in ways with those toxic people, the way that they wanted you to show up. Because of course, when you're dealing with narcissists and gaslighters and all that stuff, you can never be the most important person. Um, so I had become this woman that I didn't even know who I was. And then when I got in a healthy relationship, I struggled with being myself. And so it's like, we have to just recognize that in these situations, sometimes, we struggle with leaving or struggle with when they do something wrong and we take them back because we've been, um, was it, uh, what they call it when we've been groomed to think that that is what we are supposed to do. And I think that that, yeah, grooming that's a whole nother category. So would you say that happens even within relationships? Courtney, I can't think I'm going to you again for the clinical perspective. Um, are we sometimes groomed to behave that way? Even like I know in the church, I know sometimes we aren't taught, but even in, in our relationships, as we go from man to man, are they kind of teaching us to become that woman that you just take me back no matter what? That's a, a good question. I my mind is
2: kind of still stuck on like the how we the previous question about like the at least I ain't club. Yes. Because and I think it still kind of ties into the question that you just asked me, because. I feel like we are so disconnected from our feelings and emotions that we don't recognize that abuse shows up in so many different ways outside of just hitting people. Right. Um, and so I think for a while, the black community within itself has just now accepted that physical abuse is
1: actually a thing. Yeah, because at first yeah. that wasn't a thing. So now so we can only no, accept wait, one wait, type of I abuse. To interrupt you. You were saying people were saying like physical abuse wasn't like a real issue. I don't think our community
2: realized that physical abuse was an actual thing until here recently. Okay. Um, And so, and I think it goes back to generational thing. I think it goes back to generational curses and, and how we go all the way back to slavery. That's what we were taught. That's how we responded to things. And so now we're like, okay, we can accept physical abuse. So we won't do it. At least I didn't hit her. Yeah. But we don't, we don't talk about, okay, well, how our emotions are tied to this, how financial abuse is a thing too. how a uh, stonewalling, ignoring people are, is abuse, too. So there's so many different layers to it. But it's because we're so disconnected from our our emotions, our feelings and our, our patterns of behavior that we don't recognize that there's so many different forms of abuse. So I don't even know if it's grooming or if it's just our lack of unawareness.
1: Mm, OK, it's kind of like I think coming into 2000 with last year, you all know. Um, I feel like toxic and narcissism and all those things were kind of buzzwords as some people put it. But also I think it was like a lack of awareness. The words had been out there. And I think once people started realizing that I am dealing with a narcissist or I am dealing with a toxic person. We just started to hear it more. So awareness is a huge thing. And that's why I think oh, sometimes on this show, we'll talk about things from a basic level of what is our understanding of this, because I'm finding through the podcast, there are a lot of things and a lot of ways that people are being abused and treated and not, you know, being loved properly that they didn't even realize what's happening to them. So I think it's so important that we continue to have these conversations. And on that note, we'll be right back with part two of the conversation. And we're back. So. I want to start this segment off with just telling the people out there, don't girl, you have, I got to put this on a shirt. The Elise Yang club. It's just stuck. Like, I just love that. Make sure y'all not in that club. We want to start out with that. But then I want to go to this space. So y'all know if you hop on the internet at any point in time, you've seen the scandal with Tristan Thompson and Khloe Kardashian. And so I'm just going to use them as an example, only because I know whether you are in tune with social media or not, you've heard about them. So we know that they are, I watched an interview with Jim Jones. He was on another podcast and he said that women who fall into this category love it there. He was like, Khloe Kardashian is going to take Tristan Thompson back 17 times because she loves that. She loves the toxicity. She loves being in those spaces. And I just wanted to know when he said it, I was like, hmm, that's interesting. Do you all think there are women who like enjoy being in messed up situations like that? Like, is that a thing? I think
0: this is, I think that, um, uh, uh, this is what I'm going to say. If you haven't done different, then you're not going to know what different looks like, right? So. Since we're talking about Chloe, you know, you know, I have my feels about old girl. But um if you look at her relationship patterns and the relationships that she has been in, she has not done, she hasn't been in anything different. Yeah. So she doesn't know anything different than what she's used to, right? So she has been with men who have mistreated her. Yeah. And so I would like to say that. I don't necessarily think that is something that she likes, but I think it is normalized in how she functions and operates in relationships. You know what I'm saying? Insanity is doing the same shit all the time and thinking that you're going to get different results. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so I don't think that Chloe has done the internal work to really unpack why do I keep choosing these men that mishandle me? Now, there's a different layer with the Tristan situation because there's a child involved, right? But we also have to um, uh, reframe the narrative or the script or the perspective about just because you have a child with somebody that you got to stay in a situation with them because truly what is most important is the best interest of the child. But, you know, everybody has this thought process that, okay, I had a baby with this person, so I have to make this work. Not realizing that you stay in this relationship Whatever shit y'all got going on in y'all dynamics, your child is gonna at some point, if not see it, that's going to affect them later on in life. And that's just really right. the long and the short. So I don't even think it's necessarily that women love to be in toxic situations. I just think one, um, uh, Courtney mentioned a lot of the stuff comes from childhood. But then also if you have been functioning in what has been normalized, then you're not gonna know anything different until you choose different. And, you know, and I'm speaking from my own experience, right? Because I used to be very like, it's not me, it's these niggas. But it's also like what you said, Shana, about you choosing the same person in a different body every time you get into a relationship. Right. But the reality is, it's about boundaries. It's about doing yourself work. It's about tapping in to understand and get to the root of why do you choose people like that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think she likes that. I just think she did nothing different. She hasn't did no, no self-work so that she can have different because she don't have to be with Tristan. Not at all. So <laughs> it makes
1: sense. And I would say for anybody listening to just insert, you know, the name Chloe, but insert if it's you, if it's somebody you know, insert said person in that situation because what you said is applicable across the board. So I wanna ask this. We know and we talk a lot about how suffering is not a prerequisite. For love. So, and I know that every woman has their different bandwidth on what they will tolerate and what they will not. Some people like, you know, level one, you mess up my mouth. Some people will take them to level 10. So what would you all say? This is just you all personally, what is your bandwidth? Like, what would you say is something where you feel, it could be your personal bandwidth or your opinion, But something where you feel like I need to go the first time they do this outside of hitting, because we know on this show, domestic violence, you know, one strike with that and you need to be gone. So outside of that, what would you say it needs to be or personally how you feel? What's something that you can say, like, if this happens, I'm out or if this happens, mm, I may stay a little bit longer.
2: Can I add to what Nikita said and then answer that question? Sure can. Because I I think so. As Nikita was talking, I think it's not that like she said, Chloe doesn't like like the whole situation I think Chloe doesn't like herself Mm. I think Chloe doesn't love herself I think that we have watched Chloe for years and her family Mm -hmm. for years on television and Chloe was always the odd person out and now she's a beautiful young lady she got the most beautiful body and all these different things but she's that didn't equate to her loving herself and so I think once she learns her worth and her value and start to actually like who she is, she'll start choosing different partners that meet where she is. And so then to piggyback and answer your question, I think about like, for me, I do a bottom line list and I used to do therapy specifically for women in domestic violence relationships. And so that's something that we used to do at the end of our sessions What is your bottom line list? What are you not going to tolerate when you enter into a next relationship? And so that's something I also did for myself too, because I don't believe in giving my clients something that I haven't tested out or plan to test out. Um, And so like my bottom line is like, if I feel like cheating is a bottom line for me, I feel like if, if I have to, if I can't be myself or if I have to pretend to be someone else or I can't show up and fully be me, I'm out the door. So anything that doesn't make me feel good, I'm not compromising that anymore. I'm going to go ahead and slide out. And I'm going to slide out with love because that's the essence of who I am. Yeah, I
1: know that's right. <laughs>
2: Come on, slide out with love. We love to see
1: that. <laughs> I love this idea yeah. of a bottom line list. So, Rita, looking at <laughs> me you. Me
2: um, you know, I'm I'm actually kind of reflecting over like re- any relationship I've kind of been in and like why did I leave? Why did I leave? And communication and relationships are so important. And I'm I'm gonna just throw out a couple of reasons why I left a couple of folks. Um I was dating someone and I realized he was in a nine-year relationship before me. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when we, we we were together for a little bit over a year, but what I started to realize was he needed time for him alone. Mm-hmm. I had to take the self, it was really a selfless act. Like I really did love him. And I think that he was a great, like he's one of the most brilliant people I know.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: However, I know that he needed that time. A, he didn't really want to be in Nashville and I needed to be here because I just value my daughter and her father being right around the block from each other Mm -hmm. but i know that he needed that for him yeah and it we we parted ways in a very um healthy way and then to this day if i need to pick up my phone and call i can do it yeah we we did not leave off on bad blood for me it's behavior okay it is um and then going back to me being able to be me And certain things you just you just you just have to be in somebody's space and you start to see things. And if I start to if things start to get off kilter for me and I don't feel like there's a way like I'll even kind of put things in place to see like, okay, well, maybe, maybe, okay, potential almost has like a a ceiling on that, too. Uh Like, yes, you there's potential, but I got to see some action behind potential or I got, because again, I am so big on not, and and again, I'm going to put this out there to the listeners. I'm not saying be a runner. I'm not saying like, if you can really work something out, work it out. But I'm also saying, do not let your life pass by Mm -hmm. and you're just sitting and stuff. And I really do love myself too much to just let time just go and go and go and just
1: sitting on this stump hoping and wishing yeah I'm you, not gonna do it you cannot and would you say what you said like people sit in things and and time is very important but they call themselves like working it out on uh, another show we talked about it's like I, which is aligns kind of with the bottom line, but someone said like red, yellow, green. And so, Mm. you know, you know, the red, the things that are like, I got to go like mm, this is you've been cheating. You've been lying, stealing, whatever. And Mm. then she was like those yellow things. It's kind of like that has to have a ceiling, too. She said because you she was a therapist and she said you could spend years trying to work through something that's a yellow that really is a red or really needs to be pushed Mm -hmm. that way. And you have Mm -hmm. to recognize, you know, like we've been playing in this caution area, we've been kind of playing it safe, but sad thing, this is who you are. And i realize you are not gonna change. I'm not gonna change how I feel about this. I'm going to either make a decision to stay in this and be unhappy, which is not essentially what we want anyone to do. Or I got to push you to this to the red category and I got to go, she said, because ultimately those yellow things. And that's why the importance of going to therapy and stuff while you're dating is super important. So you can kind of start to flush those things out. Like where where do I really stand on this? So I love that. And thinking about where I am, the time passing by, that bottom line list, and looking to you, Nikita, what is your perspective of your bandwidth or when you know it's like, it's time to go?
0: You know, I want to say, I think my bandwidth needs to be really high. Mm -hmm. But again, I've been doing some deep soul work. I mean, I have been going to therapy, but these last two years in conjunction with a life coach has really revolutionized my life and my self-love journey. Um, But for me, like... My bottom line is if you lack communication and emotional intelligence, I cannot function with somebody that I cannot have a conversation with. Like, if you cannot, at this big ass, like, I'm I'm assuming that we all over, you know, we in the 35 plus club, maybe. Um, at this age, if you have not worked through a basic skill like communicating with somebody, like, I cannot, I can't sit through that with you. Because when you think about your day to day life, um, and I'm sure most of us, we're going to date a man who has a career in your career. You're having to communicate with people. Yeah. So if you can't do that in our relationship then I can't work with that and you, one of your episodes, I think it was like it was in the beginning, Shana, when you had Danielle on your podcast and she asked the question like you have to think about if this one thing about this person never changes. Can you accept that? Yeah. And that is how I have been uh, reframing my mind when I think about somebody that I really might like, but I'm like, it's this one thing about this person. And it's like, if it doesn't change, will I be able to accept it? And if the answer is no, then I'm just going to move right along. Because I also think women, we play that game of, well, I can learn to like this. No, if you don't like it, you don't like it. So that's my bottom line. If I don't like it, I ain't, I'm, not finna, I'm not finna sit through that I'm not finna work through that I'm like you know what this is a good guy but this is not the guy for me because I also think that's another thing we do we be trying to put uh, a square into a hole and it's like girl just give it up Get you know what I'm saying so I think that's what's happening with Tristan and Chloe like Chloe is really trying to hold on to this man but this man has shown her who he is it's for the when he cheated on her when she was pregnant with that baby before the baby even came out of her womb that should have been her bottom line that I'm out. He shouldn't have had to embarrass her multiple times. And so, yeah, that's my bottom line. If I don't like it, I'm not rolling with it. And I'm going to believe you when you show me who you are the first time. And you
2: have to I have a quick, quick question real quick, Shana. Yeah. And I, this might be a whole nother topic. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so interesting? The number of Black women that are working on themselves. hmm are there enough black men out there working on themselves? Now, that's a whole episode of that's, whole, that's a whole episode. other episode we are working to do it. Write it down straight. Look at it. <laughs> I am definitely writing it down. <laughs> because I'm just like here are two women. Y'all are work- we are all working on ourselves. And I just always wonder like are men sitting around like Are they really going to therapy? Are they really like it's more it's becoming more normalized in conversation. But are they really putting in the work to make sure that they're looking at the mirror is put to them as well?
1: Mm. That's a whole I just wonder again. I I, I want to have that conversation with some men and any men who are listening. Feel free to inbox me if you want to come on the show or we can do an IG live about it. But I think it's so valid because. You know, right now, I know men, but I don't, in all honesty, I don't think I know a lot of men. I know more women than I know men. And so when I think about it, if I had to just say right now, I would say no, that it's
0: not going down at the same rate. I would say yes, but when we're talking about Black men, I'm going to say that I think more uh, Black men who don't identify as cisgender are doing that work. So our, you know, queer Black men, Uh I feel like they're putting in the work. But when we're talking about a straight black man, they are very resistant to doing that self
1: work.
0: Mm-hmm. we could talk about why on another what? episode. We're yeah. going to gather <laughs> back
1: for a round table. So we can come back together and talk about that because it needs to be at the same rate. Because if we are healing, we are rising, we are vibrating higher. And then we don't have no brothers up there with us on the mountaintop. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you why I brought that up, Shana. I'm going to make, because I
2: know we, you know, time and stuff. Um in Milwaukee, I believe that my cousin called me about it. Um, a man was at home with, I think, his him, his wife and his daughter. I think this just happened yesterday or the day before yesterday. He shot and killed his wife what? and killed, uh, uh, not killed. He shot his daughter. I think she ended up getting shot like 10 times. She ended up jumping out the window. She may have survived. Wow. Look up the story to fool out, but it's, that's what she was kind of giving me the synopsis. Mm-hmm. And, and she kept saying, why, why, why? I said, that is some mental health. Yes. That yeah. man needed some help. Like, where was his mental, who just, is so many varying, just so many things around that situation. And that's what, as you guys are talking and I'm thinking like, man, who are they talking to? Who, you know, anybody going to therapy? Who are, who's their, um, the community of men around them? Their Like Can you know, they pick up their
1: phone? Yeah. yeah. Just all of that. Like. All of that. And it leads me to, you know, recently, um, I would say by the time this airs, it'll be saying the past month or so. I'm sure you all saw that Regina King's son committed suicide. Yeah. And Courtney and I were talking yesterday, like, you know, when those things happen, you are just wondering where was their mental state? Like what was going on with them? And did they have a community? And I think it's so important because On my platform with Shannon Montana, my goal is to inspire women to have happy and healthy relationships with themselves and with others. And so when I think about communities like that, I know communities like that have to exist for men somewhere, but are men tapping into those resources to get the help they need? So I would say, Courtney, do you have a lot of male clients like in the therapy world? What are you guys seeing when it comes to men, specifically Black men and their mental health? You know, I do have
2: a a nice handful of male clients um, and here in these next couple of weeks, I'm getting some more male clients. And so I won't know if they're black or not. until I actually see them. But I will say that um, we black men can come more and the conversation could be had more. Because I think a lot of times, too, black men like so you got Steve Harvey. uh, What's your boy's name? who had the scandal going on with his wife, uh, Derek Jackson, you know, uh, <laughs> oh, my boy, my boy, Tony, my boy, Tony. Gaskin? Uh, get, yes, get some on earth. Yes. Um, but, <laughs> but like these men spend so much time using their platforms, trying to tell women what to do, uh! so brings their money. But why could, Why are y'all not spending your time telling black men how to help themselves? Yes. Like there's not yeah. enough, black men out here with the knowledge and wisdom that's mm-hmm. bringing black men in and saying, hey yeah like it's it's uncomfortable it don't feel good i know it's hard i know you're not used to it but come on over here to this side and get your mental health together so yeah. i would really yeah. love to see more people with platforms men with platforms to be continue to talk about this because there's always room for growth and uh, toxicity is a two-way street yeah yeah mm-hmm. and
0: yeah, toxicity Toxicity is also a way that has helped men hold dominance over women. So if yeah. men were to do that work, that would put them outside of the parameters of what society has deemed as a man because it's always been the hierarchy of somebody has to be the dominant person, somebody has to be the submissive person. Yeah. So if we take that out, then it's like, what is this? You know, what, what I'm are saying? we doing?
1: Yeah, that says that my wheels really turning because I'm like, now I'm about to go do some polls on Instagram. I'm about to be asking (laughs) some people. I got to find out because when I think about the guys in my life that are closest to me, um, I know like maybe one in therapy. But when I think about them as a whole, when it comes to community, like even having these conversations, whether this was the podcast or not, like, I don't think they really have a community of people that they lean to and can talk to and go to that they are comfortable with and want to be vulnerable and transparent and have the necessary conversations to help them elevate. You know, I see it's a lot of men online trying to tell people how to be make money, how to be a boss, how to start a business. But you, we living in a house with some demons because everybody crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, who's really talking mm-hmm. to you about all those things? So we definitely have to get those conversations going. And I'm glad we're getting them started here. So. I do want to ask this question, ladies, because the goal of this podcast is to just help people to do better in their relationships. So I want us to kind of set a standard, set a bar, set a new cadence on how do we feel, how do people need to do better with judging when to go and when to stay? Because I think people kind of teeter like, and I understand we all have our personal bandwidths because you all kind of told us those bottom lines, but how can we help the listeners? You know, what can be like a rubric Or what do you all want to throw out there to say, like, this could help you judge if this is a situation where you need to go or stay?
2: I'll say um, something that I always ask my clients is, like, how does your body feel?
0: Hmm. Because
2: we carry so much of our feelings and our emotions in our body. And to the point, like, when we get
1: angry and upset, it hurts our body. It physically hurts. I get hot. I thought that was the devil in me. What you say? I said, I get real hot on the inside. I thought that was the devil in me. (laughs) (laughs) That is Lucifer.
2: (laughs) But like, so, so that means in order for you to be able to do that, you have to get into a good relationship with yourself. You have to learn yourself so that you can pay attention to what your body is trying to tell you. So get into a good relationship with your body and your intuition and your higher self to trust yourself. So when things don't start to feel good in your body
1: and in your spirit, that's go ahead dip out. I love that cuz it's not butterfly assist. that's anxiety. Uh <laughs> that's right. That's, that's right. It,
2: I would add to that too because I think sometimes we get so afraid of leaving that if I leave I will lose this and I never get it again. But what if you leave and you get it back and it's better?
1: Who? Oh, but well you, you won't never know. Better something better.
2: Or something better, but the, but maybe because sometimes we come into situations with people and it's out of alignment. We're not in our season together because there's okay. individual work that we all have to do. So we get so stuck in, let's stick it out, let's stick it out, let's stick it out. What if you take the break that both of you all need and it comes back better
1: than ever, but you won't never know if you don't leave. You don't take that break? Listen to it. So what would y'all say, Rita and
0: the people? I would say, um, really... Think about what your boundaries are. Um, I what I have found just in doing my own self work is that I did not have a good relationship with boundaries in relationships, whether that was romantic or platonic or familial. Once you know your boundaries, people who love you and genuinely want to see you win in life and love you, you know, authentically, they will not put you in a position where they are um, making you compromise your boundaries. Or abusing your boundaries. Um, so I just think getting very clear on what your boundaries are specifically in romantic relationships and then measuring it by that. And then also asking yourself, you know, my pastor actually made a reference to this. Um, and Courtney said about being in alignment, but my pastor made reference to this today in his sermon. And he was like, you know, if you are constantly giving your energy to something to keep it alive, is that really something that you're supposed to be in? Like, Basically, you are the ventilator, right? So, like, you constantly plugging into this dead situation. So when you unplug from it and it dies, but you always got to resuscitate it and it's not being reciprocated, then that, that should be a measurement of it. And when we think about Black women, baby, we are some of the most nurturing and caring and selfless human beings on the earth. And so we are constantly exerting our energy in that way. And I just think, like, if you always find yourself having to give life to something and it's not giving it back to you, then that is a clear indicator that it's time to move on.
1: Alexa, play Mary J. Blige, my life, because...
0: (laughs) That was my
1: life. And I think about two situationships I was in uh, a couple of years ago. I was always trying to read a book, read an article, find inspiration, help them with a business. I was pouring into them Negroes and was getting nothing in return. And it was like at one point, at what some point, what are you doing? So that is so true. If you, and that's also, is that why my plants keep dying? I, <laughs> I'm pouring into them and they're not pouring into me. But you know, you pouring into these people so much and you are getting nothing back. I have people right now in my mind that I'm thinking about with things that they have just shared with me with stuff they're going through. And of course, I'm just a listening ear. But as they're telling me these stories, I'm sitting there thinking like you just named like 10 things that you're doing to try to make this relationship work. And I have not heard you say one thing that that other person is doing for you. So that's a great barometer of when it's time to go. So Rita, what would you say? I think you may be on mute. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yep, I'm I was on you. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, we were riding past a pretty uh some project. Me and my daughter was riding past projects one time, and um, it was pretty rough, it wasn't even in this city. And I told her, I said, I'm about to say something. This might y'all may or may not agree. I said, love is not enough. Mm, never love is not enough. Judge Faith said love got these women living up in here. Um in these projects, and I'm sure some man is living up in here in these projects with them, having kids, living, eating these food stamps, eating off these food stamps every month. That's not enough. The get I said, I told her, I said, it's business, okay? And the business side of it is, you're going to have to do a SWOT analysis when you start do- getting into relationships. You got to write down them strips, uh-huh. the weaknesses, the opportunities, and the threats. And you need to be very honest with yourself when you write that down. And if those threats and those weaknesses supersede real hard, you got to go. You have to go. You can never get... Okay, This I don't know what you allow people to say on this show. Don't let no nigga dick you down to the point where you can't think straight. Don't let him mentally getting your head to the point where you can't think straight and you're doing shit that just ain't right. Yeah. That's riding into that toxic lane. Yeah. So for your listeners, we are emotional creatures. We love, love is amazing, but sometimes you got to take, it's like you got to compartmentalize this stuff. Yeah. You have to take that, put that emotion and that love on one shelf. Yeah. You need break out that notebook and you don't, you ain't doing this for him. You're doing this for you. you When we talk about self-love, you got to do what best serves you because it's your life. You got to wake up next to this person every day. Yeah. And don't even, this is a whole nother show too. Let's not, let's say we can start talking about what sperm does to the body in a spiritual connection that sperm keep going up in you. And you start wondering why you start acting a different way. Mm. That's because that nigga still inside of you. And that can be months and years from now. Yeah. So, and I tell her, I try to keep it as real with her. I said, I'm telling you shit that I wish somebody would have told me. Cause I didn't did some, listen, I've been to therapy. I go to Reiki. I have a holistic, I'm doing my work. Even though I'm in a relationship, I still be doing my work. You have to. Okay. And anybody know one of my friends, may he rest in peace. This guy was dating. He told, he told him, he was like, I'm telling you, dude, if you don't get your shit together, she out. Yeah. She is not playing that shit. Yeah. And he didn't get his shit together. He was gone. <laughs> he out. He out. And, and I'm not going to play with you. You're not <laughs> about to be using up my good years, man. Bump that. I want to add to that real quick. I don't have because I think because we keep talking about self-love and I think it's really important for everybody to know that self-love is not something that you do when you're single. Self-love is the foundation for all of your relationships. Yeah. So it's how you love yourself is going to guide you and how you respond to how others are treating you. So if you only are loving yourself when you're single and then you get in a relationship and you stop loving yourself, then you find yourself getting mistreated. And you're like, well, what happened? Because you left you behind. No, you yeah. take you with you. So I yeah. just want to Come on, preach. Yeah. Yeah. but a man. Wow. Where's the collection plate? <laughs> Pass it. Where is it? Pass like, listen, I can listen to you. Look, both of y'all.
1: This is good. This is good conversation. Yeah, this is great. This I'm is glad real good. I had y'all are here in the number. But it's what you said I love about self-love because so many times me and my best friend had this conversation. And even like every day I get up and I open my Bible app and I read, you know, different plans and stuff like that. And I do meditation. I have like a morning routine. I would find sometimes when I would start dealing with somebody, all my routines would just go out the window because I was Mm -hmm. just so focused on them and and getting up and talking to them and giving attention to them. And it's like, no, that nigga don't need to be waking up reading his Bible app, too. Like, what are you doing? So it's very true that sometimes we get in these relationships and that self-love and that self-care just kind of goes out the window because we've lost focus. And we just think that we've gotten the quote unquote prize of a man. And now everything that we were doing before to get the man needs to stop. And it doesn't. It definitely has to cross all the way over to the other side. So, And guess what? And and don't stop
2: doing the activities you loved before. I love hiking. You think just because he came, I'm about to stop that? No, absolutely not. I'm still gonna do that. I'm gonna be with my group. I'm gonna I'm gonna be with my tribe still. Yeah. I try to be intentional and make it sure. And that's another, I have to do self-check-ins with my friends to make sure when was the last time we met up? Yeah. When was the last time we got together? Yeah, you know. All of that. And we do, because that self-love thing within a relationship, you almost have to be even, you have to really be intentional. to have a heightened awareness. Very of, intentional. Very intentional
1: yep. and have a heightened awareness. Because like you said, you do get, especially in the early stages of a relationship, oh God. you are just so consumed. You got the emoji hearts in your eyes. You're so <laughs> in love. And you just kind of forget about everything and everybody else. So then you have to recognize like... I have my sister friends, I have my girlfriends, I have my other family, I have my hobbies. Let me make sure, especially as you get older in inter- relationships I don't care if you got to write it down and make it plain the same way you need to write down, which we're going to talk about this on the IG Live, as strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats, the same way you need to pull out your notebook and write those things down. Even if you have to do your own inventory, have I checked on these things? Have I done these things? Am I taking care of myself? It may sound like a lot, but once you put the work in, it's worth it. So even if this is not something that you have been doing, I would definitely recommend that people start to do those things because they are very necessary. So I'm glad that we are putting that all out on the platform right now. And we will be right back with the living single segment of the show.
0: This now brings us to the living single segment of the podcast. It's simply a segment where we want to send you good vibes good energy and give good advice on any questions that you may have about being single, dating, or relationships. Remember, nothing is off limits. So, welcome to the Living Single segment of the show, and let's get into it.
1: And now this brings us to the living single segment of the show. Here you guys know that I'll read a letter that has been written in and everybody's going to give a response of what they think the listeners should do based on what they've asked. So listeners, if you all want us to answer your letter, you can write us on, you can DM me on Instagram or Facebook, or you can go to the website at to or com. So the letter reads, my husband keeps pressing me about having a threesome and I am over it. I am 32. And we have been married for four years. And around the end of 2020, he started playfully bringing this up. And I just dismissed it. However, he has started going online to find women he think he would like to have a threesome with and bringing the quote unquote options to me. This has gone too far. And I think he is going to cheat if I don't do it. And I am not going to do it. See, she knows the bottom line. What should my next step be? So what y'all think?
0: What should her next step be? She needs to leave. Okay. Um, so they married, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what you said? Yep, married okay. for four years. Okay, so before she leaves, maybe they need to go to marriage counseling. I don't know if that's Courtney's realm, but maybe Courtney can, you know, get that get that conversation started and maybe also have some conversations around like sex and sexual boundaries and, you know, what's comfortable um, and kind of talk through that. And then if they yeah. can't find a resolution, then she might need to think about potentially getting a divorce because if he is pressuring her and she has already communicated that this is something that I don't want to participate in then that's an issue so yeah yeah Yeah. that's all I got to say what you say Rita
1: (laughs) boy that is if that If
2: if her boundary is she's not doing that, she can't do it. And like you said, because she's married, you know, it's not something you just walk away. I'm I'm with you. She's going to have to get some, they need couples therapy because there's a, there's a why to everything, which is why we go to therapy. Why do you want this threesome? Are you just at a point in your life where you're bored? Are you at a point in your life where, you know, you you talk to your buddies, they did it and you Mm. just want to they they didn't pumped it up and you just want to see what it's like he needs to understand there's consequences to actions so when you start to open that up and allow a third party into your marriage um a lot comes with that so right now it's 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 being said but he definitely needs to both of them need to reel that back in they need to see a therapist line, yeah. he's
1: playing a dangerous game. She needs to. Go, uh, I'm okay. We have a threesome. Do I get to bring the nigga? Because it's gotta be. It's gonna be two <laughs> many. <minutes. laughs> I, I get to bring in who I want, <laughs> Courtney. What would you say?
2: Yeah, so I would agree with both Nikita and Sharita, and I would say so. There's a concept when Nikita was talking that came to my mind. There's a theory that I really like to use when I'm working with couples, and are in people in general, individuals, but especially couples of being curious and not critical. Mm. So when your partner brings something to you that you don't necessarily like or agree with, let me get curious about it versus criticizing you. Why do you want to have a threesome? Like Sherita said, why do you want to have a threesome? Where is this coming from? Where did you see that? Because we... We haven't talked about this before, so this is new to me. So before you just because you are married before you just dip out, let me get some understanding behind it. But at the end of the day, if he is not budging on this and you're not budging on what you want to do, don't ever find yourself compromising yourself just to stay married with somebody. So be OK and willing to walk away, but be also it first and see where it's, where it's coming
1: from. Love that, love it. that. And I think I've heard that method before and it makes sense. And I think I really value that in relationships, the curiosity angle, because I think that's underlying is empathy and understanding in that. And I definitely, I need that in relationships and I think other people do too. So if I choose to, you know, ask the questions versus like, hell no, you know, not even if it's the answer gonna be hell no, I still can get some understanding as to how we got here because you didn't just wake up one day and one to three, some, you know, it's, it's more context to it. So sis, there you have it. And as you guys know, Write us if you want us to talk about this further on future Living Single Segments. And we'll be right back with The Resolution. And now this brings us to the Resolution segment of the show. We're going to do a quick roundtable of you ladies to tell us how do we find resolve in the topic that we're speaking about today. So I ask you, What would you say the resolution is for people in relationships to know that you do not have to take them back if you don't want to and no one will judge you for it? Or if they do judge you, they don't matter anyway. So Rita, you smiling like you want to go first.
2: Oh, no, I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking. um, I mean, at the end of the day, remember the word time. You only have one life to live. Um, I love what Courtney said about self-love, not it just being a thing of when you're single, make sure that even when you're in a relationship, that that's something that's ongoing. And another thing I just thought about, don't forget to forgive yourself. Okay. Yeah. Um, a lot of times we get into various situations and this I'm, I'm speaking from work that I'm still having to do. I have to forgive myself on a regular yeah. um, for choices that I've made. Um, and for, for all of that. And even if you were in a toxic relationship, you may have stayed a little bit too long. Um, If you did get out, you got out, okay? So forgive yourself, move on and um, control your mind. Don't tell yourself that you can't. You won't ever, you know, put in the work. Um, But just our minds, our minds have a lot to do with um, the things we accept and the things that we reject. So.
1: Absolutely. Love that. Nikita, what would you say?
0: Um, I think just doing yourself work. I just have found so much um, peace and restoration in that. And I want to offer two books, well, really three books that I think your listeners could find valuable just from this conversation. And they're all by Bell Hooks, who recently passed away Mm. um, last year. And so it's all about love, um, communion and salvation. And it's about black people and love. And so I'll just end on this. The one person who will never leave us, whom we will never lose, is ourselves. Learning to love our female selves is where our search for love must begin. So if we start there, then I think we will not put ourselves in a situation where we are allowing people to mishandle us. And because you know that you are deserving of somebody who can handle you with care. And so... That's my um, resolution, and that quote was from Bell Hooks from her book Communion. Love it, and we're all three of those books from her. Yes. Okay. Okay. Good to know. It's a
1: trilogy. Gotcha. Okay. I know. I got the All About Love, so I got to get into those other two. Uh, Courtney, what would you say?
2: Um, So my last thoughts would be is that we always have the right to make a choice, a choice that honors us a choice that serves us, a choice that has our best interest in heart. And so a lot of times I talk with clients about like, we don't need permission from another person to leave. And a lot of times we find ourselves stuck in situations because we're waiting for the other person to give us permission to leave. The moment you don't feel good, don't feel comfortable, you can make your choice for yourself. You don't have to wait for the other person to not feel good either. No, no. It may cause some heartbreak, it may cause some some disconnection or whatever, but you have to make a choice that honors you. So I would say hold on to your choice.
1: I love that. And I love what you said about the other side. You don't have to wait for the other person to tell you to go or wait for them to leave you. Because you hear people in that sometimes in divorce court, like, you know, I guess when you have a party that one want to get divorced and the other one don't, somebody got to decide that we're going to sign these papers. So I love all the resolutions that y'all gave. And this is something different, but I just want to add on because we talked about this. Listeners, if you all own TV, own network, you know, I may need a sponsorship based on this. But if you all do not watch Love and Marriage Huntsville, make sure you tune in to next season or watch previous seasons because we are going to be starting our own little Instagram live series when the new show starts. But also because earlier, you all know that example we gave in regards to Chloe uh, Kardashian and Tristan Thompson. There's a couple on Love and Marriage Huntsville, uh, Melody and Martell Holt. And they are examples of, Melody is an example of not having a bottom line. And so I'm just going to leave it at that because there's going to be a lot more to come. But yeah, check them out, see what they're about, see what that show is about, because we're going to be talking about it a lot more on this podcast and on my page. But on that note, um, I want you all to give yourselves a round of applause. Everybody, come off mute, give yourselves. Uh, A round of applause for a great job. This was such a powerful and impactful conversation that I know the listeners are going to enjoy and appreciate. And I want you all to know that your opinions are always valued and appreciated on the show. So before we close out completely, I do want to go around and have you all tell the listeners where they can find you, whether that be social media, website, whatever the case may be. And we'll just kick it off with Courtney. Where can the people find you? Uh, You can find me at CourtneyArlesia.com. Arlesia Arlesia is spelled
2: A-R-L-E-S-I-A. Um, You can also find me on Instagram, Courtney.arlesia. And then also I want to talk about my medium. So you can find me at Courtneyarlesia.medium.com where you can
0: read all my blog posts. Wonderful. Nikita, where can the people find you? Okay. You can find me at NikitaHaney.com. And then you can also find me on Instagram at D-N-I-K-I-T-A Haney, H-A-Y-N-I-E. And then you can also find me on my platform, Right On Black Girl, where I'm amplifying the voices of, all of the beautiful Black women in the world. their rights um, at Right On Black Girl. Love it.
2: And Sarita, where can the people find you? And when I am not in the classroom teaching, you can find me at A1Digital LLC on Instagram or A1Digital LLC at gmail.com. I am here for all of your
1: cryptocurrency needs and such. All right. I love to hear it. So again, thank you, ladies. Such a great episode. And on that note, we'll be right back with the Montana Minute. And now this brings us to the Montana Minute. The first thing, you know when it is time to let them stay and when it is time to let them go for good. You got to put you first and just do it. The next thing. There is power in figuring out who you are without them. Don't let your relationship be your only identity. And the last thing, recognize that if you are on this journey of healing, taking a person back that will just take up space and not aid in the continuing of your healing probably ain't the thing to do. So be sure that you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you have an opinion about the show, please drop us a DM on Instagram or Facebook to share your thoughts. We welcome it. And now I leave you to decide to be single or not to be. That is the final question. Signing off, yours truly, Shanna Montana.